Chita, and today here with me is Alex. Uh, I'm a student of geoinformatics in Tartu University, and Alex, if you, if you can introduce yourself. Yeah, hi, I'm Alex. I'm a postdoctoral researcher in the Department of Geography here in Tartu, and uh, I also do a little bit of teaching in uh, GIS and uh, geospatial um, data processing. Mm -hmm. So, well, we have decided that today we'll be talking about uh, open source and commercial software specifically in GIS field. So, Alex, if you can shed some light on yeah. open source or commercial software, okay. why people prefer either of them, yeah, what and what the comes benefits with of it? using, yeah, what comes okay, with it. Um, well, historically, well, historically, the last, let's say, 10, 20 years, okay. as far as I can look back, um, the GIS uh, software sector has developed quite extensively, mm -hmm. and um, the, the current market uh, dominator is still Esri with uh, ArcMap, mm -hmm. and, but, uh, for example, QGIS has been catching up a lot and is uh, a very good alternative. Mm -hmm. So, of course, we don't want to limit it only to, to look at ArcGIS and QGIS. There's right. different uh, commercial GIS providers. There's also um, Hexagon, G which, which uh, like Intergraph, mm -hmm. MapInfo, MicroStation. And in the open source sector, we also have uh, Sarga GIS, um, GrassGIS, GVZIG, um, OpenJump. So there, there's also a, a, a lot of variety and choice right. for the user. Right. So, what, like, what do you think is the more, if we are segmenting commercial and open source softwares, uh, could you shed some light on the on the benefits of using open source or commercial softwares, or also some uh, perks? On yeah. Um, okay. So we actually had um, that was really great. We had um, in one of the courses mm -hmm. in in the department. Um, we had a debate and yeah. the students were supposed to uh, form groups and talk about, um, argue basically in favor for either open source or commercial GIS, um, you know, as a, as a proper debate, uh, organized debate. And uh, they came up with really interesting um, arguments and I think they actually reflect also the real situation, also mm -hmm. as a let's say, a more experienced GIS user, I would also really, those would be the arguments I would bring. Right. Maybe let's go through those arguments. Yeah, sure, sure. I, I was also in that class, so it's probably better for me to bring something. So as we discussed, there were many, many, like one of the most used argument in, in favor of open source softwares is that they're free, absolutely free. That's right. Yeah, so what do you think, like how, they, how this free thing works in a world where everything is Super commercialized, super. Yeah. Uh, how, how does this fit in 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 the mindset of people while using like, or or even the creators who are creating this kind of softwares, what they are thinking in terms of when they're yeah, it, that's quite quite interesting. So um, often, even many um, professional GS um, specialists would say, now, you know, basically Esri invented GS. Ah. That's not quite true because you know. GrassGIS was actually in the very beginning, mm -hmm. so it was invented by the U.S. Corps of Engineers. And but um, you must admit that uh, Esri really put GIS like literally on the map, mm -hmm. yeah. And then they built a, a very very um, big ecosystem, 
and they have been supporting a lot of research and decision making mm -hmm. around the world. So there's there's big credits to 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 Esri in particular for for ArcGIS right. and uh, back in the days ArcInfo, ArcMap, mm -hmm. and so on. And um, I mean th they they made this like almost mainstream. So now um, coming back to open source now nowadays. Um, we have to realize that the licenses are quite expensive right. and open source uh, has been catching up with the functionality a lot mm -hmm. and also developed really their, their own sort of identity in terms of GIS and so on. Mm -hmm. And uh, so uh, not, not having to pay for all pretty much the same type of functionality right. is of course a valid reason to, to use uh, an alternative uh, yeah. GIS, right? Yeah. So uh, I think, but but what comes then on top of it uh, is uh, some sort of second secondary mm -hmm. cost, yeah. which is uh, was about the support. Right. Um, when you buy GIS, ArcGIS, mm -hmm. a commercial license, often you would get um, a support contract with it. Mm -hmm. So That's you true. have a you have a somebody to go to, yeah. and uh, they are more or less obliged to because you pay them, you sell them, you, yeah, you pay them, that right? That so is true. Yeah. 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 Whereas in open source, you don't really have like a single person to go to also in, in regards of liability. Exactly, mm -hmm. yeah. So, uh, so the, there, there are also costs, sort of oppor opportunity costs involved, mm -hmm. because you have to you have to invest the time yourself. You to have to go through forums. Okay. You have to maybe write issues. Uh, you have to um, I don't know get in touch with uh, user groups that right, uh, right. who have maybe had similar experiences uh -huh. and so on and so on, and it could come down to the point that there is a bug in a system that you might not be able to fix, so that somebody might mm -hmm. fix eventually because it's open source. Many people do that rather voluntarily, right. voluntarily, and uh, yeah. But that's so that bug might not be fixed very quickly. Like yeah, exactly, exactly. Might not. Commercial softwares can. In real, you know, yeah, be held liable to fix those bugs. That, that's quick. correct because they have contract yeah. terms, right? Yeah. In so reverse, in reverse, one last point maybe uh -huh. to that. In reverse, um, the enthusiasm mm -hmm. in the open source community, depending on the size of right. the of the user groups and so on, is uh, potentially very high, mm -hmm. and you might also get a really quick response. But as you said, it's not as reliable as as the commercial software. Yeah. Software. So yeah, if uh, like I, we had this talk in the classroom as well. So, you know, in terms of other parts and um, features of open source versus commercial softwares, we also saw another point coming up is that they are very you know user friendliness in terms of user friendliness mm -hmm. or GUI um, experiences of yeah. open source and commercial softwares. Many people were arguing that. You know, uh, commercial softwares are not that user friendly. Uh, um, yeah. they, you know, they 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 are not reliable in terms of like a, a, as we we can talk about Esri that their ArcMap was quite not functioning well in many cases. So what do you think? Like how how does that work? Yeah. In a, in a, as a that's that's a good point. Um, I think there's uh, also user preferences mm -hmm. involved, and uh, and here we often go rather towards hearsay right. or anecdotal evidence. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody had this problem and it, was, yeah. you know, and it never worked. <laughs> and and uh, I think we, we, you can get those stories from both sides. Mm -hmm. 
and probably it also depends which with with which software the user is more experienced mm -hmm. and then it's easy to make the claim about the other software that he doesn't know so okay. well maybe maybe yeah, yeah that can happen that can quite yeah. happen but yeah. what a certain thing with the ArcMap apparently was that through through version changes mm -hmm. they tend to occasionally move tools from one place to another right. and then you don't find them anymore so that that's apparently quite weird and uh, the user interface of uh, ArcMap mm -hmm. has been because they have been stitching stuff on top of it and they never really had a chance to reinvent the whole thing right. which they are now doing with ArcPro um, that uh, you know the, the user seems a bit cluttered mm -hmm. and, and it's often you know hard to find the things that you need but then again it might be an experience thing some things are because QJS has done some major ver like sort of uh, version jumps and so on and uh, some things seem to be very straightforward in QGIS with uh, which, which are not so straightforward maybe in, in, in ArcGIS like adding web service layers or, or working with right. databases or uh, just dragging a layer into the mm -hmm. EU camera, some, some of those things yeah. So what do you think like what other issues might come when people talk about this open source and commercial software differences. Yeah, so um, one interesting thing um, is uh, regarding uh, extensibility or, or, or yeah, plugins or mm -hmm. if, if, you, if you wish. So in, 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 uh, in commercial software, the, the access to, to work or extend mm -hmm. the, 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 the product or the software is obviously constrained right. or, or limited by the provider because they don't want that um, yeah, their, their software is basically their um, their property, right. and they don't want you know anybody meddling with it. So whereas in, in, in open source, uh, one of the main claims in open source is if there is something that you want to change, you can right. do it yourself. Yeah, that's more flexible for the yeah. user. Yeah, but we also have to acknowledge that not everybody is going to fix <laughs> some some yeah. source code. Probably they don't have that kind of skill. Also, exactly, yeah. exactly. So it's, it also comes yeah. down to the skills of yeah. the user. But um, if you look at from the larger picture, mm -hmm. um, and we were talking about the, um, we talk about like let's say service or or, or mm, user communities, mm -hmm. then in the, there will be some people in the open source community who have the skills, and who will be willingly you know add functionality right. on requests or build some plugins, and the the, the user. Um, the accessibility to do that in QGIS or in open source software is, is, much, uh, is much much higher. Yeah, yeah? You, you, you literally can just go and do it, and there will be people who will have the skills for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. for for the people at least th those who have skill, they have this flexibility at least in the open source yeah. system. R rather, like on the commercial side, when even if you have the skills, you probably wouldn't get even if the company is liable to provide you some services still with request if the company doesn't see it fit probably they will not build such kind of plugins another point i i, I heard someone bringing up is that uh, open source softwares in terms of like gis fields they are setting the standards of different files and inter extensibility of different files mm -hmm. how do you see that yeah so um when talking about uh open source and 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 particularly our field, right. yes, and um, there, there's this, this, this open movement uh, like um, 
that, that we believe, or that I personally think, uh, has been actually driving the whole field forward. So um, if there's only one software provider, like it was back in the days, for example, with Microsoft operating system, Microsoft right. Word, everybody was using Word format. Mm -hmm. And so it was sort of a de facto standard. It was yeah. not like, you know, because the, the specification was closed yeah. only for Microsoft. But as everybody was using it, for many reasons, mm -hmm. one of them, other tools couldn't read the format so well, yeah. and there was such ubiquitous, you know, and use mm -hmm. Microsoft Word. So, um, so they would set a standard, but it's not really interoperable. Mm -hmm. So, y if the user doesn't have the choice to use another tool yeah. to work with the data, then it's not really a standard. Yeah. So, there has been um, lots of work by the Open Geospatial Consortium. Mm -hmm. And they have been developing in a consensus process with many, many participants, um, universities, commercial um, providers, agencies, governmental agencies, to develop open standards for ge geospatial data and, and data transfer, mm -hmm. data exchange. And open source tools have been uh, very strong in picking that up. And even though Shapefile is still one of the <laughs> most pervasive formats, yeah. um, I mean, Esri actually opened the specification eventually uh -huh. um, after, I don't know, at least a decade or something. But anyway, um, uh, now that open source tools really um, drive drive that and then pick that up, this, this whole um, field has been driven forward because now it was on the commercial GIS mm -hmm. provider to also catch up in that space, to also support that, right. because they also wanted to be able to read those files and provide yeah, uh, they because they want to still include the whole JS community yeah. because they still want that everybody uses their software. Their software, right. So right. in a way, this drove the whole field yeah. forward. I, so I, and I think that's a good thing. I also see this kind of trend in Microsoft as well. They're bringing in different kind of uh, open office file formats yeah. to you know, incorporate others uh, so that they have a upper hand yeah. in the end of the day. And what do you think? Um, what else can come here? Uh, I think we have this uh, support. We I think we said we talked about it before. Uh -huh. um, this uh, there's this this trend or you know this uh, recent type of uh, commercial open source. How how like you know this this uh, as a buzzword mm -hmm. has been floating around. So uh, I thought we we might mention that um, as uh, proponents of commercial JS software yeah. would say, hey, now open source goes also commercial, like, yeah, you know, yeah. what is that yeah. about? But I think it's again about choice. So whereas um, commercial JS, you mm -hmm. know, they, they develop the tools and, and so on, and they provide the service, and they also do sub-licensing to other companies, like right. in Estonia, it's Alphagis, uh, that are basically the main ESRI partner, mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. a sort of, uh, you know, the, the local <laughs> sheriff for, yeah, for Esri <laughs> here in, in Estonia, yeah, for example. That's a good way to... <laughs> yeah, and um, whereas in, in, in uh, open source now, there's uh, over the last, let's say, couple of years, mm -hmm. um, particular with uh, those those um, startups and everything, right. uh, there's one company who like, really drives one open source product forward because it becomes their core product, mm -hmm. their core capability, and they then often come up with um, dual licensing um, models where they have the core product as, right. as open source, still for everybody to use, to fork, uh -huh. to you know take away. 
And then they add like a commercial layer on top, like a, it's like extended functionality or, or support service. Right. So this is one, one way, which is, which is still sort of a bit iffy because um, if they get too clingy on, on uh, too, keep too much influence mm -hmm. on the core product, right. because if it gets widely adopted, mm -hmm. which is actually in their interest, that the core product gets, gets widely, widely accepted mm -hmm. and widely used, that they then um, are the, still have sort of the main hand on it. Mm -hmm. But um, everybody could still fork because it's 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 uh, open source. They can make a copy and yeah. make another open source project mm -hmm. out of it. So and they they that that is sort of a bit of a sort of twilight situation. So and the other thing is then um, like in terms of QGS, mm -hmm. where not one company is driving it. It's really a, a vast community effort. Yeah where you can just build a business providing services either with QGIS or for QGIS, like plugin mm -hmm. development or extending functionality, mm -hmm. where you get paid for the service of doing it. Not so much for the, for the, for the product, not for the, the code, but for the service that you enable mm -hmm. your partner to do that. And then it becomes um, open source still, mm -hmm. because you know, you're extending open source, so you just have to make it under open source again. Right. But you get paid for your service. Mm -hmm. so, so your work is being paid. It's, it's only paid once. Right. Because for the time that you spend in developing yeah. it. And so whereas commercial software, the idea is you develop it once mm, and, get and get money for, for, each yeah. for each license, yeah. for each time you sell it, as, 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 as it, if we're a, a physical product. Mm -hmm. Which is not because you can copy it like a million and times at no effort. It, it, it and you would get the value of a yeah, million times. Yeah. But who, so who are the, like, where is the money coming from in the open sources? You know, if one company is building this kind of one-time yeah. service, yeah. Who so is giving the money. Um, actually, also most of Esri's client, mm -hmm. of uh, um, let's say commercial GS mm -hmm. clients, are also government agencies. Mm -hmm. So, governments are anyway paying uh, Esri. Mm -hmm. So governments can also pay local companies in their country mm -hmm. to provide this service. Ah. So in QGIS, it's now becoming very typical that, that there's a couple of companies that, that do this custom development, mm -hmm. maybe custom integrations for, uh, because the agency has a very old legacy database model, right. so they have to do something with it. So they need somebody with the expertise in GIS and, and programming, so they there's a company who's good in QGIS and let's say Postgres, for mm -hmm. example, and PostGIS, so they they can provide all this consulting and service and you know supporting the agency, and and then they get paid for that. And right. that is they don't just don't get paid for the license, but they get paid for the service. Right. right. And this is the good thing as compared to sub licensing, mm -hmm. being an Esri partner, is because you can just start a company. You have to invest, of course, some time to become good in this particular open source and you can build services around it. Right. So you, you're creating value um, and at the same time for anybody to use the software is still free. Yeah. But eventually because you will be an expert and you provide service, mm -hmm. you will actually contribute back mm -hmm. to the ecosystem. Right. Yeah, and then I think uh, that, that, is, that, is, that is good. Mm -hmm. And so this is sort of it's maybe you don't make so much money like mm -hmm. with licenses because it's it's but if you then think as it's not a physical good yeah. that has actual physical existence <laughs> yeah so as the uh, you know so 
you, you get paid for the service. Uh -huh. It doesn't scare you. Maybe don't get as rich as with uh, selling yeah. a million licenses, <laughs> but you get a good living and, and it's, it's, you're working with the community. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think that's one thing. So one thing I wanted to um, ask the, the students uh -huh. also um, was, because one, one made also a really good point, uh, is uh, in terms of what you get trained at the university, yeah. and then you go, let's say, in, into the workforce, mm -hmm. either in a commercial um, consulting company, mm -hmm. or you go into a research institute, or a government agency. Right. So how strong is um, the impulse of what you've learned in university that you would want to apply? Yeah, so I think this has much to do with the topic that we were talking in the morning, how these commercial companies have this age of on universities or governments, they have this kind of deal to uh, exclusively using their software in the, in the teaching environments, and then the students have their knowledge only on one side, on the commercial side, and as a result in the workforce as well, even if, you know, in their work field, if they're yeah, they, if they have to use uh, open source softwares, then it's a new learning curve again mm -hmm. in their in, the, mm -hmm. in a very crucial time of their life. But I, yeah. as a student myself, and like as my fellow classmates, I have seen that they have a much uh, pref like strong preference on the open source side, though they don't have that much higher knowledge on 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 you know how to use uh, very skillfully the open source softwares as mm -hmm. QDS, mm -hmm. you know. But still, um, the issues that they face using the commercial softwares, uh, like art, art math every day, they actually, <laughs> at least, you know, hypothetically, they tend to s mentally switch over to the open source softwares. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's the condition here. So I think it's it it would be like quite good or better option for the universities or educational institutions to teach both sides of the software so the students can actually decide which one they want to stick with or prefer or they want to use both of them in a com combined way where they can get the better results yeah so. yeah so one student also made made this command like in was it in Czech uh -huh. in this one university yeah it's, so it's they, they, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, they because Esri provides the cheap licenses right. for, for, for universities uh -huh. and for let's say also in development countries yeah. and and uh, so the students only get trained on this one software, yeah. and then they go into the workforce, maybe in a country that mm -hmm. does not have strong financial, mm -hmm. you know, power. Yeah. So that many agencies or also companies mm -hmm. rather tend to use uh, rather cheap, yeah, yeah, cheap, cheap or open yeah. source, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Or you know, it's not it's not like cheap as in cheap quality. Uh -huh. It's just you know, it costs less money, yeah. at least to have the tool working mm -hmm. for you. And uh, then they they uh, yeah, and then they are trained on it. So we had in the department with our, uh, you know, fellow lecturers right. um, and, 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 you know, researchers, a discussion also when we were talking about the curriculum. Right. And uh, there we also came down to the point that uh, commercial licenses uh, cost a lot of money, mm -hmm. which could be also used differently mm -hmm. to develop the chair, to, I don't know, get more students involved mm -hmm. in, in work maybe or something like that. And, uh, but... Historically, the idea was to train students also on many different commercial tools ah. to be able to provide their training. Right. So when they go into the workforce, that they have seen different tools, yeah. which probably used to be a good um, approach. approach. But we have been recently also thinking about 
rather less teaching the tool, more teaching the methodology. Mm -hmm. And then it's still good to have, let's see, at least two tools mm -hmm. where you apply the same methodology because you have to do a spatial analysis, right. buffer, clipping, raster processing. Mm -hmm. And um, of course, they are in different places in the GUI, right? right? So this is, historically, this used to be like the main thing, where is some tool, you know? Yeah. So now to be effective in using this tool, you need to know all the buttons really yeah, quick. Yeah. But nowadays it's really more about, hey, what do I need to do? What's the problem mm -hmm. I solve? And then just take a tool out of the toolbox, mm -hmm. you know, that you have available, be it a commercial or an open source. Mm -hmm. So that, that, that is one consideration. And of course, then it goes back also to the lecturer's preferences. Mm -hmm. If the lecturer has years and years of experience with one tool, right. for him to prepare a course in the other tool, is of course lots of effort and, that is and the question is like do I now have to give two courses do I change the whole course mm -hmm. don't use the commercial tool anymore so the using user uh, the, the students only get exposed still to one so it's it's it is not as as, as easy uh, yeah it's not so yeah. black and white actually yeah, no. so I, and I think that's good to to acknowledge yeah. and maybe with this maybe we close sort of this bit Sure. Uh, I like on the on the last note. I wanted to you know as we were discussing before that uh, research field always use like different type and it's it's always like the newer things coming up through the research. So as researchers, you have some experience using different type of tools in the research field. Yeah. So what do you see the trend is like? What type of tools are used in the research field? Yeah. Okay. So that that's uh, that's also super interesting. Mm -hmm. There's a. Uh, there's a couple of streams again. So um, again, there's commercial, like even journals, journal articles themselves, mm -hmm. right? There's also the trend towards uh, open access, right. but open access still has to be paid, mm -hmm. right? So uh, somebody has to pay at some point because there's still work to be done in making the journal accessible right. to users. Yeah. So historically it was, you submit the journal to mm -hmm. the, the article to the journal, mm -hmm and uh, the journal does the typesetting, although they also get the reviewers who don't get paid, yeah, <laughs> <that> is <laughs> which issue. is probably even more yeah. work, <laughs> because nowadays all this processing is anyway mostly automatic in a computer. So, and then all the people who want to read the articles mm -hmm. are paying. And here we come back to the point that uh, there's one copy, mm -hmm. because it can be copied so much, it's the product, and everybody who wants a copy has to pay this one copy. Right. So again, this is of course a money-making machine. You basically have something immaterial that you can copy a hundred million times, and so you get a hundred, you know, million, million times, times the, the, the yeah. revenue. Okay, <laughs> that's why those um, big historical, classic, traditional uh, publishing houses also have a lot of money. Yeah, that is true. Right? Yeah. So the, the new trend in open access is that um, you, as the person who submits the journal mm -hmm. article to the journal, you pay a fee once. Mm -hmm in order to cover, again, this, you know, so-called article processing right. charges. I mean, the, the, they still have to provide the infrastructure, mm -hmm. there's servers, you know, there's websites, some people have to do stuff, they yeah. also have to be paid. And then it's a question, what is what is the high price, what is the low price? Mm -hmm. And uh, currently this, everything between 1,000 and three to 5,000 euros usually mm -hmm. per, per article, depending on the publishing house. And, um, 
and the reviewers again anyway who do a lot of work they are not paid <laughs> they only get <laughs> the credits yeah. it, it's it's also now there's also now a public place where you can collect the credits that you did in review okay which can become but an addition still, it's on your part like you have to go it's still yeah it's still the, the, the one of the most work in the place is that the reviews mm -hmm. and the re reviewing is becoming less and less attractive really for people because they all have to collect academic credentials in publishing mm -hmm. so more and more people publish really quick yeah and uh, there's less people available for reviewing because they also have to publish a lot mm -hmm. and at the same time we are publishing like exponentially more papers so uh, uh, this is not not sustainable so then if, if we go down how the research is done in mm -hmm. all of producers papers then again uh, historically of course in particularly in the gs field or let's say in an urban uh, planning mm -hmm. analysis or, or in um, environmental modeling of course historically uh, that's JS usage, probably probably ARC, mm -hmm. and um, we have done now also two papers recently, which are currently under review, and uh, one is about um, a soil web in Estonia, mm -hmm. and there I only used um, only used open source software, mm -hmm. so lots of um, data processing with Python and and Jupyter notebooks are open source. I also made those codes that I used, okay. made open source mm -hmm. available publicly. Mm -hmm. And uh, the data set that got produced uh, is uh, also under an open data mm -hmm. license, so everybody can also load it and do something with it. Mm -hmm. And uh, for some processing steps, we use QGIS. Okay. So and that all went really well, and it's all well documented. And, it, and so this, this is also now a new trend called reproducible research, mm -hmm. where you really try to all the steps that you do in processing data and in order to get to the results for the paper that you make those documents and so correctly and okay. so explicitly that somebody who can go execute the same codes mm -hmm. and um, will hopefully get the same results because if not then you might have uh, cheated somewhere <laughs> yeah or, or lack Something, of quality yeah. control right so and you don't want that in mm -hmm. papers and historically, that was really hard to check because um, there was no because you don't get the whole data, yeah, you don't get the tools yeah. and whatnot. So we see a lot of historic. Uh, we still see um, also MATLAB toolboxes published. So MATLAB is a commercial um, data processing platform. You can do the same step in Python or R, mm -hmm. but there's still also MATLAB um, tools which are published as such, and then. Uh, this other paper um, that uh, one of our PhD students worked on is about the forest mm -hmm. uh, deforestation, forest loss in um, in the Amazon, mm -hmm. and because we used uh, there was a, it's a huge data set on on the forest cover, and to process this we used uh, sort of mixed different methods. I did some uh, large sort of big data server side right. processing in Python, mm -hmm. and um, then working with uh, the he did some statistical plots with R, and um, but some metrics that he got had to get out of the data set. Mm -hmm. He uh, used um, uh, an ArcGIS, an ArcMap, some spatial temporal clustering trend analysis yeah. apparently, and this tool apparently worked really well. And um, and also based on experience with uh, some other collaborators, they they used ArcGIS. So it's still in, in research. I think it's still used both. Mm -hmm. And uh, but in in terms of reproducibility, um, I mean, if you, if you think clearly, it is almost 
impossible to um, do it properly with closed source software. Mm -hmm. Commercial software typically yeah. is closed source. You can't see what is actually happening. Yeah. So you would have to rely, okay, you use this toolbox from, from this commercial tool. Right. But it's hard for somebody to reproduce if they don't have access because they didn't have a license. Yeah. They would have to buy a license. So now it's the question, is it ethical to call it reproducible <laughs> if you have to buy a license, license. first? Yeah. You yep. could still argue it's, it's, it's possible. You just have to buy a license yeah. and then you can reproduce it. But at the end of the day, someone might not have the resources. To yeah. Buy yeah. So if we then go back to um, some um, countries or, or, or let's say non-for-profit organizations, environmental protection, you know, um, trusts who want to make a certain analysis for for you know their um, protected area that they are sort of you know feeling you know to be the caretaker. Right. Um, they can't. They can't then buy just to make this one analysis by in in, in a commercial software license mm -hmm. just in order to use the way this paper described to do this analysis. Right. Uh, I think that that's that's where we have to consider open source. Yeah. And what do you think? Is it possible for uh, us to share your work uh, in this in this podcast, like in in as a link? Yeah, somewhere. yeah, yeah. We can. I think we can add this in in, in the show notes. So uh -huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. This. Uh, I think that should be good for yeah. today. With this, uh, we're leaving you to think more about this uh, topic of open source versus commerce, commercial source softwares. And what do you think? Like, what is your preferability in terms of using this commercial or open source softwares? Let us know. Thank you. Put your comments and know and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what, uh, like, subscribe and uh, <laughs> comment. <laughs> <laughs>